Put on your baggies and your raraches too. It's the Beach Boys Boys, the world's number one podcast about the world's preeminent. Keep that up. Oh, you want it up still? Keep that up. It's a jam, PJ. Okay. About the world's preeminent surf rock group, hosted by your boys, Pete and the aforementioned PJ. PJ. No last names. No. It'll, I mean. It'll come back to bite us in our jaws. Exactly. Yeah. They're very anti-Beach Boys. Yeah, we're also both part of the Witness Relocation Program, so... Well, that too. So these are actually our pre-Witness Relocation names. Yeah. But we're not going to use our pre-Witness Relocation last names. I mean, why would we? That would be stupid. Yeah. There would be people who would kill me. so. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Members of the Soprano family, mostly. Yeah. And the Love family. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mike loves that to get me. Is that a Beach Boys reference, PJ? This early? That was a bit of a Beach Boys reference. All right, let's cut this shit. His uh, nephew's a basketball (laughs) player or some shit, I don't need to hear that saxophone solo. Whose nephew? Mike loves? Yeah. That's worth a Google. It it totally is. Uh, We should have a theme song for going to Google, because it's going to happen a lot in the show. Google. We're going to Google. We'll come up with something. Kevin Love. Kevin Love, yeah. Okay. He's like um, a, he's like a good basketball player, right? I feel incredibly stupid because I'm a very big basketball fan, yeah, and, and you didn't know I that. really really like Kevin Love, and have obviously known about him for years. Like every basketball fan, he's yeah. been in the finals for like four years in a row. Yeah, I never knew he was related to Mike Love. Yeah, don't know how I knew that because I how don't. Did I, not know I that? don't watch basketball, and I don't know much about the Beach I Boys. I love and I <laughs> love the Beach Boys and love basketball, and somehow yeah. I had no idea that those two are related. That explains a lot because Kevin Love, huge <laughs> asshole. No. Yeah. <laughs> huge asshole, loves surf songs. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I should have figured it out when he. When he dunks, his... he, he always <laughs> makes that surf stance right after. Well, like a victory. Yeah, yeah. Well, he surfs on Lake Superior. I mean, yeah. He plays for the Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Cleveland is ah. on Lake With Superior. LeBron probably. James? He's on that uh, team. Not anymore. Welcome to your NBA podcast. LeBron this, left this in, is the, PJ. in the offseason. Did he? Yeah. Is he playing basketball anymore? At yeah, all? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Lake Erie, apparently. I don't yeah. know who would have It's that. all the same shit. You got me. Uh, yeah, he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Really? LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. just wanted another it good player the, after Kobe It was Kobe the talk left, of the right? town for a while. Uh, yeah, that was the main thing. They yeah. just missed Kobe. Yeah, so they needed young yeah. Kobe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Beach Boys, boys. We are your boys. Talking about the Beach Boys. And Triple B, baby. Yeah. So PJ and I are both just big music fans who wanted to do a podcast about our very favorite group that has ever recorded music, the Beach Boys. Yeah, sure. That's that's accurate. It's it's really not even close. You know, uh, we're recording this a few days after the Beatles' uh, 50th anniversary version of the White Album came out. And I have to say, not as good as anything the Beach Boys ever did, so... Oh, yeah. PJ is also thankfully interrupting me from keeping with that premise <laughs> by pointing at his white Russian, which looks very beachy. It's it, pretty it, good. It is the exact color of some nice white sand. You should you try it. on a nice surfing beach. Try it. I'll give it a taste. It's pretty good. It kind of just tastes like coffee, but there's a bunch can, of liquor in you it. You can hear the ice. Yeah. 
You can tell it's good. Yeah. Beach Boys. That does taste like what I would imagine sand tastes like when you get yeah. <laughs> you get kicked back onto the beach from hitting a monster wave, you know, man. Yeah. Uh, we're also big surfers, and so that's mm-hmm. that's honestly most of why we wanted to record this yeah. show is because. I mean, my fondest memory is of me being a boy down at the the bay and uh, just listening which, to that. Which bay was that, PJ? Uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. Peter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just the the bay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lake Elmo. Sure. Sure, the Lake and, Elmo uh, Bay. Yeah, and uh, you know, just cruising down on my woody, listening to that. Is that right? That good, good surf rock, baby. Yeah, well, you know, doing the woody boogie or the boogie woody. I forget. Um, it's boogie woogie. So yeah, so we're both big surf fans, and honest, we wanted to mostly talk about that, but we thought it should have a musical component. Yeah. Just. Us talking isn't that interesting. We need some tunes. Yeah, so let's, let's be real. We here. decided we just googled surf rock bands, and they were the first one that came up. The Beach Boys right came away. up. Yeah, so we'll see. It was yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was them, and then Rage Against the Machine for some reason. <laughs> Rage Against yeah. the Machine. Then the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. came up, which I thought was strange. Yeah. Because I knew they were from California, but I did not realize they had so many songs about surfing. Right. Like Surf Right Under the Bridge. Yeah. California surfing. Snow surfing. Snow surfing. I'm gonna have to think of more Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't even look stop. any up on my iTunes. Can't I don't stop have any. surfing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. I a... Yeah, they have a song called "Can't Stop." Oh, I see. Yeah, we'll fix that in post so the joke made more sense. If clean. you just if you just drop in a so clean can... clean laugh Wait, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. So. We're talking about the Beach Boys. Yeah. PJ and I, uh, I don't think I'm talking out of turn to say, are both very big classic rock fans for both being yeah. only about 20 Mid-20s. to 25 years old. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. And while we both have favorite classic rock bands, I actually don't think the Beach Boys are either of them. But no, certainly This is the one oh, we found not. we could weirdly meet in the middle on. Yeah. Although I guess DJ has some. Yeah, I'm not sure why you agreed to do this podcast. Honestly, oh, <laughs> you're gonna be listening to it. I hope. I hope it turns into you loving the Beach Boys. Them. Yeah, but I think I agreed to do this so I could shit shot. on the Beach Boys as much as I could. <laughs> uh, just which will be a good contrast to me, who yeah. is possibly way too staunch of a defender of them. <laughs> yeah, especially for some of these real shitty songs. <laughs> so I. I always have taken the the tack that has gotten me into a few meaningless fights yeah. about music. We've definitely argued about the Beach Boys before. Yeah, I take the tack that they are the 1B 60s band instead of the Rolling Stones. It would be Beatles, then the Beach Boys. Not Beatles, and then the Rolling Stones. If we're talking... Yeah. I mean, I like the Stones, If we're talking purely but... 60s bands. I mean, if we're talking purely 60s bands, I'd go Beatles and Kinks. Well... I guess I'm thinking Pinnacle in the 60s. That's fair. Okay. Which the Kinks well, also would be in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to count the Stones in that, you got to count the Kinks in that. Didn't um. Didn't the Kinks kind of... I mean, arguably, all their best stuff was like from 70 to 75, though, when they just went back to Britain. I don't know. They got a lot of good shit in the 60s, though. True. Like, you really got me? That's 60s. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, but I mean, if that's the argument, then the Rolling Stones had a lot of good shit in the seventies too. Yeah, 
No, so, yeah. Well, the Rolling Stones aren't honestly even a good comp for all those bands just because they've been around so much longer. Yeah. But in terms of their their peaks, yeah, okay, commercial and artistic peaks, uh, I put I put the Beach Boys one B, and I'd put them much much lower on the like, list, except with the exception of one album. But which which sixties band that is generally looked down upon now? Take your yeah. Quicksilver Messenger services, your Country Joes and the Fishes. Which, uh, what kind of bands would you put above them? Above the Beach I would, Boys? Because I would, I, as I just said, I put know. everyone Her- except the Beatles. Uh, Herman them. Hermits? Herman's Hermits probably are above them. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally any shitty band I could think of. Yeah. Probably above the Beach Boys. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Can you name All a right. Herman's Hermits song? The one. Yeah. That one that everyone talks about and knows. Herman's Hermits. Who needs the Beatles when you got Herman's Hermits? There is the one song that they have. Yeah, they do that one. Uh, it's a uh, there she was. Oh, just a, oh, what are you? Wh- which one are you doing? Because I just remembered the one. Oh yeah, that's their actual hit. For some reason, I knew them from "There She Was," just a walking down yeah. the street singing. That song but also I think rolls. that's a cover, isn't it? Like, I, think, I don't think that's I think even they, their song. I think they may have done the original and then it got oh, covered. But okay. I'm not certain. Don't fact check yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't that. know that King James yeah. or King Henry the Eighth song until like was it in when like I was, sophomore oh, year yeah. choir we had to sing that as part of a we that's did a rock so and roll weird. medley in a concert in our like pops concert and it included We Built This City by Jefferson Starship <laughs> and I'm Henry the Eighth I Am by Herman Sermits. Yeah. Those are the only two songs I think I remember from that medley. But Oh man, that's that when I learned a second Herman Sermits song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. but that's okay. I just I mean I just don't okay, so here's what I don't like about the Beach Boys. Please give it to me. I don't like how it's all just a fucking gimmick where they're just like, oh surfing and harmonies. That's one of, like one of them surfed, but <laughs> yeah, one of them surfed. But like, I don't like that. That's what they base their entire thing on when none of them surfed except for one. And then also, just the the unnecessary harmonies in a lot of it. Like they threw them in where they did not need them. One, one, one would argue that's their big selling point. BJ, all the harmonies. Exactly, and that's why I don't <laughs> like their selling point. Okay. I am not sold. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is. I was actually texting with my mother today to try to figure out which birthday it was. It was somewhere around, like, fourth grade, maybe third, fourth grade. Yeah. But for a birthday, I received the Beach Boys Sound of Summer compilation, which are, like, it's yeah. basically the Elvis number one of the Beach Boys. Yeah. It's, like, 25 songs, and they're all they're like their top five hits. Oh, their hits? I don't and, like any of their hits, pretty much. And I could not stop listening to that record when I was a child. Like, I'm sure I made my parents very mad by all of my insistence on listening to Barbara Ann 24 times a day. All right. You know what? Barbara <laughs> Ann, it gets shit on. I do like the song Barbara <laughs> Ann, weirdly enough. Barbara Ann's great. That it's, black sheet, man. It's a good song. Yeah. That's where I learned the flurries. Anyway. So, <laughs> so I got that and just became obsessed. And especially as a child with all of the surf stuff, like I... Surfing USA was possibly my favorite song for like a couple years there. And I learned it on a guitar when I started learning guitar. I got like four or five Beach Boys tabs and that was one of the songs I learned and would play really awfully, I'm sure. But uh, see, I think as a kid, I was I wasn't the same way per se. I was never obsessed, but when I like heard it, I was always like a fan of the surf stuff and then one day I just thought to myself, like, oh, no, this is really bad. 
It's like the Eagles. Like as a kid, yeah. you, you don't know better, and you like the Eagles, and then one day you're just like, "Oh, the Eagles suck. <laughs> They're a really bad band." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that happened for me around in high school when I, like every other white kid from the Midwest, uh, got you know really into classic rock and yeah. was getting my mind blown by the Beatles and everything all at the same time. Um, that's when I got Pet Sounds on CD that I would drive around in my shitty old Saab and listen to all the time yeah. on my way to high school. And that's fair. And that's around the time when, you know, that album was blowing my mind and their surf stuff was kid stuff. So. Yeah. Did well, you like, I'm a pro PJ cause I talk over you messing with your mic so that it's slightly less obnoxious. Oh, now I just turned it off. So it's going to fuck with that. I can't. Qu- I can't quite get it to do what I want it to do. You can't get it to do what you want. Yeah, it's That's fine. okay. I just you can it. just spit straight onto the microphone. The wind sc- is that the windscreen? Is that what so they call it? So this one is more of a pop filter. Ca- pop, that's a that's pop, to keep pop pop. That's to filter. keep bugs from coming into your microphone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's just making. It, oh, you know what? Maybe it worked because now I'm hearing pops. It, it did work, but it was also like oh. vibrating because it's metal. Oh. I don't know why they make them out of metal. Was it making a noise? It was making me sound really tinny and weird. Oh. Do you hear? Do you do you think I sound weird at all? Well, do you think I sound less clear than you do? Could have had to do. I think you right now you sound the same. I would say I sound the same. If anything, I think yeah. I sound tinny, but I think you sound great. My thank you, PJ. Yeah, that's very nice of you. Uh, that was very high pitched, but I think that was purposeful, given that it was a tongue click. Yeah. So this is a podcast all about the Beach Boys, yeah. <laughs> and nothing else. So so our format for this show, we're basically just going to go through the entire Beach Boys history and discography, talk about how we feel about the band and about all of their songs and eras. And uh, we're going to keep all of you very up to date on the Beach Boys members because that fluctuates a lot, weirdly. Oh, shit. Especially... Uh. I keep almost spilling that drink. Yeah. Well, it's precarious. It's on a PJ for some reason has decided, and I'm not sure why, to keep his very full, very, very full white Russian on an inclined surface so that it's always at danger of just spilling out and going everywhere. He's also plugging in now a gold microphone, which is making me really think of, is it is it Justin Bieber who uses a gold microphone? I don't know, Pete. You're giving me, oh, it's working already. Wow. Or it's just picking it up on mine. No, I think it's just picking up on yours. That's what I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could just use one microphone. That's professional, right? I think so. I think once you... Oh, yeah. I think if you gather around one microphone, it sounds pretty good, usually. Well, that's what pretty much every, like, bluegrass family band does to yeah. do harmonies. So I don't yeah. think the Beach... The Beach Boys, I feel like, do that in movies, but yeah. I honestly can't oh, imagine anyone doing that in a real recording studio. Yeah. That's got to be real shit, right? Oh, it's... Well, don't you want that shit... On separate tracks. If you also see any biopic, it's always the background singers yeah, using right, one mic, right. like the Raylettes. And they're all, yeah. Which I think is horseshit. It I looks don't think good, they do it. But there's no way it sounds. No. That's well, not what you and want. You, you always want see, everything on their own track. You always see if like Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty are like playing a concert together or something. At one sure. point, they will for sure always use like use the same microphone without fail. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be during something like you know. Yeah, but it, it never sounds good though. Um, no, I yeah. Especially live, it sounds real. I mean, it can sound good, but eh, I don't know. But it doesn't. So, yeah. So we're gonna go through go through everything. So today we're just we're gonna start at the beginning, uh, yeah. whenever we want. Although, as you can tell, we're already gonna get off on lots of oh. other music related tangents. I'm sure. I didn't talk about why I think I hate the Beach Boys. 
I, I see. I, I seem to remember you talking a lot of shit already, but I, I talked some shit already, oh, but okay. I didn't say why. So okay. I think the thing that aside that, from their entire basis for existing, which is surfing, yeah. what are well, other reasons you and their harmonies? I think they drove me crazy. I think <laughs> what finally did right? Like, God damn it! Don't you just hate that fucking Jimi Hendrix because he's so good at guitar? It just makes me mad, okay. and I can't handle but listening to him. He's good at guitar, and they just do harmonies. <laughs> <laughs> They're not beautiful harmonies, really. They're fine. Uh, I don't know. The world put a lot uh, yeah. more... The The music world did put a lot more stock in harmonies back then, so I sort yeah. of see what you mean. Like, in 2018, it's no longer uber important because anything no. less than, like, queen harmonies just seems fine. Yeah. They are impressive, technically, but I sort of see what you mean about just listening well, to it. Well, it's, it's not only it? that it's harmonies. It's that none of the Beach Boys... They're on key, don't get me wrong. None of them have particularly good voices, though. I was just thinking that, actually <laughs> listening to them the other day. Yeah. That while they have gorgeous melodies and a lot of really beautiful songs. Gorgeous? You're going to go that far? Yes. All right. Well, some of their songs. Okay. Just across their entire career, PJ. Give me something. They have some gorgeous songs. They have some beautiful melodies. They have songs that will get really, you know, some amazing songs. You're right that I don't think they have one. <laughs> good singer. I was going to say one great singer. They have a lot of, like, just fine singers. They're fine. Singers. They're all very mediocre. Altogether, yeah. they're great. But anytime one person takes lead in the Beach Boys, it's a little hairy. Oh, God. And if you hear uh, Brian Wilson sing now, he just, I think, stopped giving a shit. And then also, like, he's yeah. just old. So his voice isn't what it used to his be. His voice has got up. Like, Paul McCartney's just started going in, like, the last two or three years. Like, when he came to um, Missoula. Yeah. Was that four years ago? Yeah. He still sounded amazing. He sounded really good. But, like, good. I heard something live from him in, like, the last two years, and it's it's starting to go. It really yeah. is. Well, in his new record, that's what it was. His yeah. new record is, like, he's is fading it? a bit, yeah. which is a little sad. I mean, he's, he's in also his like 70s. 80. Yeah. He's, like, 77, 78. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So, anyway. So, but oh. you're not you're not wrong that, yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so, it's, it's not only, like, that stuff. That stuff I think I realized after... My so I'm a huge Beatles fan, and my dad is very conservative, and not the biggest Beatles fan. Hand in hand. Oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I I think he was the one who got me into the Beatles. I think, which is weird because I've never heard him listen to the Beatles. After well, that. he threw away a record. Yeah. And you picked it up out of the trash and went, "I love this man." Exactly. I I think he. I mean, he knew of the Beatles and liked them as much as any kid who like was born in the '60s. But I like I love the Beatles. They're my favorite band without a doubt. And um he he all the time after I got into the Beatles he'd be like, Beach Boys are better. And like I think trying to get my goat, but he would do it so <laughs> often. Where he'd just be like, Oh, what's this crap? The Beatles? Why don't you listen to the Beach yeah. Boys over there? And then like I would get in so many like arguments where he was just delighted with himself where he was just like, Ah, no, nah, Beach Boys all the way And I'd be like, You're so wrong, dude <laughs> Like just yeah. like I don't know. And then, yeah. So I think that also, you know, led me a yeah. bit astray from the path of the Beach Boys. Yeah. You know, uh, did he actually grow up in the 60s? When was he born? He was born in 64. Oh, okay. So, so kind of. Yeah. I, I could actually see, and I think it wasn't the worst opinion at the time, to think that the Beach Boys were better. And it, even now, as ridiculous as it seems to think that the Rolling Stones are better, 
that was definitely a fine opinion at the time. I mean, like Abbey Road got shit on by some people when it came out, which is ridiculous. which is crazy because it's the same. But it did like they were yeah. they were somewhat universal, but not necessarily in the way they are now, where they're basically like well, the th- only th- band that will be remembered yeah. in a hundred years, maybe. Well, and I think so. it was just because they they got shit on because they were so popular a lot. Probably, like, yeah. And so it's like we, thing, we do that with any popular musician now, where it's just like, oh, it's just poppy, shitty garbage. But yeah. it's like, oh no, they changed music forever. But are like. You know, I'm enough of a contrarian. I probably could have. Yeah. I could have been that Beach Boys stan in the 60s who, who would ride yeah. for Brian. Ride for Dennis. Give me Dennis and his Chuck Manson ties. Okay, I'm leaning away from the microphone a lot. Was that a line <laughs> of neck where he had? The Chuck Manson ties? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how they met is they were... <laughs> They met at a fashion house. They were both <laughs> they were both tie salesmen. They were both working. <laughs> yeah, right. Door-to-door tie salesmen. They ran into each other in Laguna Beach one day, and uh, Chuck needed a ride. Of course, because he well, was, needed his, a place to sell his ties. His car broke down, so he had to. He opened up the trunk with all the ties hanging out <laughs> yeah, the back of the they truck. Were, they were in a had motorized to, he had to, Yeah, he had to pull <laughs> them out, and then get a ride from Dennis, yeah. and that's how that's how they met. And the rest is, and you know the rest of the, the rest story. Is, the rest is history. All right. Do you want to? Uh, eh, I don't know. Is that enough intro? Do you want to get to the band? We can get to the band. Yeah. Have we talked enough about? Oh well, I guess. So I heard Pet Sounds, and you know, like every other high school kid in the world, it blew my mind. And then, ever since, kind of somewhat, actually, contrarianly, like I was saying, that's not a word. Um, it just got really, really into them. Like in college, was like scouting out, you know, Wild Honey, to proved to the world that yeah wild honey was like had eight great songs on it out of nine so i do remember you telling me or showing me wild honey when i was like ah i do not like the beach boys and at that time like i didn't listen to pet sounds all the way through until maybe last year year before yeah um and it was the only beach boys album i've heard all the way through yeah besides this one yeah which is crazy twice today yeah so So. today we're going to talk about their their debut album servant safari I actually honestly haven't heard a ton of theirs all the way through either, especially yeah. the early stuff. Oh, yeah. Why just would you? Just because I've assumed, a la the Beatles' early stuff, there's a lot of just kind of crappy singles that yeah. no one, or crappy album cuts that no one cares about. Right, 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 right. From about Beach Boys today on, I've heard most of their full albums, but yeah. there will still be some new ones for me. But yeah, so, so anyway, so got very into them, and especially into their late era, like the post uh, Smile and Brian's Collapse era, right? And just sort of became obsessed with like finding all the good stuff there, uh, from about what did that sixty seven to like seventy three? Sure. Um, See, you you say these things like I know the history of the Beach Boys, which I do. Oh, that's not at a, all. oh well, okay. Um, Let's start with some broad well, strokes. So the, the like the best part was uh, if you see our cover art that was expertly photoshopped by me, mm-hmm. but uh, you were talking to me like I knew which one was which. Like you sent me a text <laughs> and you're like, I like that they already look photoshopped. I was like, I don't know which one Al is in this picture. Are you kidding me? They I know which one Brian Wilson is. That's it. They do look well. You should always know who Mike Love is because he's the ginger. Yeah, and he just has always looked like an old man. Yeah, that's true. Always. Well, and he had a beard in, like, 64. He was the first one to ever grow facial hair. And so he's kind of always looked like that to some degree. Uh, But then Dennis is just – I don't know exactly how to describe him, but he's top left there. And Dennis is just Dennis. I don't know. Oh, Dennis is the weird-looking one. Dennis always – it's his nose. He has a very distinct nose. Top left. Stage left? That's that's my right. Oh, well, you know, that's your problem. Stage left. That sounds like something you need to figure out, PJ. 
Okay. But yeah, so he just has a giant nose and then yeah. also had a beard from like 1969 and, to when he died. So I'm used to him looking like that. Fabulous hair. But yeah, well, yes. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, so that's okay. Well, so we can, we'll get to it. Yeah. So let's go real quick. We're going to get to their formation and surf and let's safari. Let's do it. Let's do it. But so first of all, the Beach Boys, the Beach Boys have a very troubled history. You probably know the broad notes just from being know, a music I, yeah, fan. Yeah. This is something I really like. Their Wikipedia has actually been updated in like the last two years, which kind of sucks because this was rolling around Tumblr. I don't know. It was actually probably like five or six years ago now, but this was rolling around Tumblr for a while. Yeah. Someone had taken a screen cap of their Wikipedia entry. Yeah. And like at the top where they have the contents, the caption for the Tumblr post is makes the Beach Boys sound like they're a small troubled nation. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> the first years, the Beach Boys under Brian Wilson. The second era, the Beach Boys as a democratic unit. <laughs> the, <laughs> the third era, Brian Wilson's second tenure as leader. And then the fourth era, fluctuating control. Wow. So, yeah, it's yeah. like he was a you know despot coming back and taking over the country again regular, through military force. Yeah, regular Putin. So, yeah. So, but we're going to we're going to just start at the beginning. So, I actually have no idea how much yeah. research PJ has done into oh, their beginning at all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely none. Good, because I, I did a lot. Me. So, yeah. all right. You're a journalist. That's right. So, so the Beach Boys <laughs> their their Wikipedia page is really and just so everyone out there knows, you could just go listen to the or read the Wikipedia page or you could listen to us talk about the Wikipedia page. There we go. With other things added to it yeah i am not going to lie that my primary source has so far been wikipedia but <laughs> it's mostly from the eras that i am slightly unfamiliar with like weirdly their formation i don't know a whole lot about for some reason I, their wikipedia page gonna... starts in 1958 by the way when brian was 16 years old and carl <laughs> was 11 <laughs> carl was 11 which means Jesus he was only Christ. 15 when the first record came out which is wild but still great. maybe 16 but for some reason it starts with that and how they all shared a room and wait who's all uh here's Brian, the thing oh you, you don't know anything the, the members of, well i know that there Let's are, start with the there members. are three wilsons and it's yes. not it's not owen luke and the other one <laughs> let me tell you that much uh i love that movie yeah me too yeah. uh you're gonna need to like draw out uh, like an infographic for me about who's in the band when. PJ, I sent you, well, I did not send you, in our Google Doc yeah. for this episode, I linked to the Wikipedia member timeline because we're yeah. going to need it. We are going to Because, need it. holy need shit, especially yeah. post 60, from 67 to 73, that era, they pretty much get a new member every album. Yeah, and so, like, I know all these names, like Al, yeah. Al Jardine. Al Jardine. Al Jardine. DDS. Yeah. He's a dentist. <laughs> Is he a dentist? That's the fucking funniest thing. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I know, uh, what's his, uh, Mike Love. Of course. Everyone knows Mike Love. And then Carl Wilson, like Brian Wilson, Dennis Wilson. Mike spreading hate. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That guy's such an asshole. Have you seen his mustache recently? What a, what a dickhead. No, but I do know he's a proud boy. So. He's got like a chopper stash. Is oh, he a really? proud boy? Uh, no, I thought he voted for Trump. He's, a, I... he's a big Trump supporter. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a thing. Well, he's I an just, old rich white man. Of course I, he is. I lump like, them all with Proud Boys. That's know. fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, so <laughs> so it is the three brothers. Well, so we can start even earlier. So there was this guy, PJ, in the 50s yeah. named Murray Wilson. 
Of course his name was yeah. fucking Murray. Murray with no A. It's just M-U-R-R-Y. That's like not... Like an animal. <laughs> yeah. What was so, it short for? Yeah. Nothing. It's Murray. Just Murray? It's his Murray Wilson. Murray. His parents Jesus were... Christ. You know, he was born like, what? What the fuck Maybe was going... Maybe in the Yeah, what the fuck was going on then? Like They couldn't afford that many letters <laughs> yeah, in a first right. name. Yeah. To make the birth certificate out, yeah. it cost... I mean, they had to print that on the back of a baseball yeah, jersey, it, and that cost money. It cost more to, for more letters. So, Murray, uh, that's why that one president had the middle initial that didn't stand for anything, and I don't remember who, and it was before the Depression, or right after. Wasn't Harry S. Truman, his middle initial yeah, didn't S stand for anything? Did, yeah, it didn't mean anything. But that was right, at, he was born way earlier. Or no it's like uh, Johnny Cash is J.R. Cash. That was his name. Yeah. And they made right. him put uh, a name on it, because they were like, what does J.R. stand for? And he's like, nothing. And then, the, well, then that was really his birth certificate name. J.R. Cash, yeah. And then oh. when he joined the Navy or the... Air Force, or whatever he was in. I believe it was Air Force. I think it was Air Force, yeah. We're going to get uh, a lot of tweets from listeners correcting us. Yeah. We do have a Twitter. Do we? Yeah, I started with I know Twitter. we have a Gmail, but yeah, we'll plug that. It's at, yeah. Uh, well, no, shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you but, can you can uh, plug our Twitter. Uh, It's at Beach Boys Boys. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe that wasn't taken. Yeah, right? Yeah. I thought it was such an easy grab. It should have been <laughs> Beach Boys Proud Boys. <laughs> we do hate women. We don't hate them. We just hold them on a pedestal. Well, I just love... Racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we're doing a podcast about a whole bunch of white rich guys from Southern California who started a band about Wait. a rich person's hobby. Rich white people from Southern California are racists? Almost all of them. News to me, Pete. Okay. Um, I interrupted you, but that's fine. Oh, so, uh, Murray, J.R. Cash. Well, uh, wait, they forced him to put a full name. Yeah, they forced him to put a name on there when he joined the Air Force. And she's like, I don't know, Johnny. So it's like good thing it stuck. Yeah. Boy, can you remember? Can you imagine Jr. Cash selling out? People would be stadiums? so confused. They'd be like, "Is it Junior Cash or Jr.? No one knows." Jr. Cash does sound much more country. It does, strangely, yeah. but like Jr. Cash, yeah, that's a little more cred. But in any case, so Murray Wilson, yeah, uh, in the fifties was a songwriter. There's no A in it. That, yeah. I'm just like visualizing that in my mind. And it looks so fucking <laughs> It looks bizarre. weird on the Google Doc that you could be looking at, but you aren't. It's fine. Marie. I just did all this research for me only. Hey, you're telling me. So was, me. A, was a songwriter in the 50s and had a couple of hits. Nothing nothing major. Nothing big, yeah. Um, but a couple of like doo-wop song kind of hits. And never made it big enough to write full time, really. So ended up, um, he ended up just starting work he uh like doing blue call yeah 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 so and then also yeah he started somewhere and then was working at goodyear though i think when he had the kids did he drive the blimp (laughs) yeah that'd be pretty dope well he made the tires for the blimp and then drove the blimp around town that makes sense back then they couldn't figure out how to make it fly yet it was just like the oscar wire meyer wiener note wiener mobile Uh, my m's and n's are getting all fucked up that's but it was like the oscar meyer wiener mobile but yeah a blimp I mean, they were still afraid of the Hindenburg at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. They weren't ready to fly fly no. a blimp again. I mean, I'm still not ready to fly a blimp. That's why no one does. Yeah. So, when was the last time you saw a goddamn blimp in the sky? Well, every NFL game I go to. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, he also, just a weird aside, he lost an eye in an, in an industrial accident when he worked at Goodyear. Ooh. But I never knew that because he doesn't, like wear an eye patch or something. He had like a glass eye, I guess, because every picture of him shows him with two eyes. So Here's I never thing. knew that he had lost an eye. Why would you wear an eye patch? 
Like, why would you willingly look like a pirate? Because it makes you look so fucking badass, though. Who's like, that his whole from... thing was throwing his weight around in, like, um, in, you know, um, at, like, Capitol recordings yeah. and stuff. Like, he wanted to, like, run in and put his fist down. And how much more weight would you oh, give that if patch. you were a producer okay. or if he had a fucking eye patch? That's You'd a good You'd be like, call, this guy might have, like, killed someone. Yeah. How did he lose the eye? That's, that's pretty good. He yeah. should have started the eye patch back then. I think so. The glass yeah. eye was probably creepy enough, though, to be fair. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it would just make it go lazy and then <laughs> yeah. freak them out enough. Yeah, They'd right. just be grossed out and be like, Ugh. You'd get all pissed, but the yeah. one eye would just still be, like, dead and black <laughs> like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look into my shark eye. <laughs> He'd pop it out as a power move, (laughs) throw it in some guy's coffee. So anyway, so he lost an eye, but he was working like a blue. He worked at some factory. I I don't know actually which one, but worked at some factory when all the kids were born. So Brian, oldest, and then Dennis, and then Carl. Okay. Um, all like three years apart, and then I think they had a sister. Yeah, they did. Mrs. Wilson. Phil time, PJ. Phil time? Who's Phil time? <laughs> Was he a member oh, of the no. Beach Boys? It's just the brothers. Okay. It must have been their, like, cousin. They had... There Isn't was some... one of them a cousin? There's, well, there's yeah, a Wilson yeah. that's a cousin, right? No. So all the Wilsons are brothers. There was some female cousin who sang with them. That's but, what I was getting confused about. Yeah, wait, yeah. So no, all the Wilsons are brothers. Your instincts are right. All the Wilsons are brothers. But there was a cousin in Mike Love point. is the cousin. Mike, Mike Love, Love is, a is I think... I think it's Murray Wilson's sister's son. Okay. So she took, so you know, her that, husband's that's interesting, last name. Because I did not realize Mike Love was related at yeah, all. Yeah, which makes it even crazier yeah. when he fucking sues Brian Wilson's ass in the 1990s. Yeah. But we'll get there. So anyway, so <laughs> what yeah, an asshole. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Brian Wilson kind of turns out to be the asshole in that one, but actually, uh, but I would just generally speaking, I would blame it on Murray. But that's a conversation for another time. It was about uh, like we please pronounce his name correct. Murray. 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 There's no way in there. Murray. So anyway, so Murray Wilson, um, so three sons, uh, so Brian and so, but he was still like really into music and would always like play piano and make his kids sing and stuff. So they grew up being like one of those weird families where they just like sing Christmas songs around the piano every Christmas. And like their dad would be like, no, you harmonize and shit like that. So just real creepy. I always, so my, my family always asks me to bring a guitar, like, whenever we do family outings. Yeah. At what point am I going to sit down and be like, all right, now everybody be quiet while I sing my songs? <laughs> like, that is a little weird. Yeah. I don't know why they ask. I never play it because that feels so, like, self-indulgent. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't quite work in, yeah. a, in a weird way. But so so they would do that all the time. So they all grew up singing and stuff. Right. Um. So, and he was like it doesn't say a lot about how invested he was, like how much he tried to force them to start a band. But once they did start a band, Murray was fucking all over it. Like he jumped on that shit hard and fast. Yeah. To like be their manager and producer and stuff. Well, it's like the Joe Jackson thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a part of himself. I don't know. So anyway, um, so at some point when Brian was a teenager, he got a reel to reel, uh, and his brothers got guitars and so they he like get started. He, he just got the reel to reel. I think so. You although... get a guitar. You get a bass. You get a reel to reel. I think so. So anyway, got... so they started like kind of playing, and he started like writing shitty songs. Um, oh, so this is when the first album came out. Yeah, right. No, this is like in sixty sixty one, I believe. Yeah. So then, um, so then at some point during all that, 
they kind of hooked up with Mike. Gross. That's yeah. their cousin, dude. Yeah, I know. It was it was weird down in Southern California. A yeah. little more like Southern yeah. Alabama. I get, I get why they capitalized that Southern. So they hooked up with Mike and Al Jardine mm-hmm. is his name. And he was just a family friend, I take it. He was a classmate. They were all still in high school at that point in like 1960. Um, so <laughs> One of them was fucking 12. Well, so Brian, Brian and Dennis and Mike were all in high school. Yeah. So Al was a classmate. Um, so, let's see. So Al, um, Al played guitar. Dennis was a drummer of all things. Um, Carl also played guitar, and then Brian played bass. So maybe I guess Brian probably did get the bass for Christmas, but whatever. Um, so, so anyway, well, so did he maintain being the bassist for like their first few albums at the very least? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause we'll get into that. Yeah. So, so they met and they did like high school talent shows and mostly just did, you know, like covers of R and B songs and stuff. Yeah. And like, so around this time surfing took off. Well, yeah. So yeah. Dennis was a surfer. Uh, although, I kind of always thought that none of them were surfers, so I'm going to take the tack that he wasn't a very serious surfer. He just, like, had been out. I do remember my dad saying when I was younger that one of them was a surfer. Okay. And and then he said it's the one who died. So Yeah. uh, Well, let's see. Uh, Spoiler alert, PJ. Sorry. So, according to this NPR host... (laughs) Who who knows nothing about the Beach Boys who clicked on this podcast? (laughs) You. I better learn. Fucking you, the host. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But I know a little bit. So <laughs> who hasn't heard of the Beach Boys who's like, that looks like a damn good podcast, you know? Um, everyone. Everyone who loves music, PJ. That's how we're going to build this. For any person out there who listens to music, this is this a must-have podcast. Yeah. 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 Well, because it's all about music. We've played one song already. Yeah. Part <laughs> of one song, so. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> there's this NPR interview I found with this rock historian, which I guess now I am too because I'm researching the Beach Boys on my spare time. Yeah, uh, and I'm learning about the Beach Boys in my spare time. Now you're a now you're a rock historian too. Yeah. So, but he describes it as Dennis and his cousin Mike went fishing at Redondo Pier, where which was a popular surfing spot for Dennis who surfed there sometimes. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as Dennis had been there once and now has to sometimes yeah, keep up exactly. appearances. Yeah, he just holds yeah. a surfboard every once in a while. So. Apparently, according at least to this Ed fella, uh, Dennis came up with the fucking brilliant idea of, hey, there's a ton of surf music, but it's all instrumental, right? You got your Dick Dale, you got your Ventures, yeah. you got your, I think Surf Tones were a band? I forget. You got that your- sounds about right. Yeah, your Johnny, um, oh, I have to look him up, but anyway, you have a lot of surf bands around that time, and but they're all instrumental, so Dennis right. says, but we're all singers, yeah. and we know how to harmonize- what if we sang surf music? Let me, let me correct you. We all harmonize and can sing, kind of? <laughs> well, they were all still teenagers, so anything yeah. was maybe impressive at that point. Oh, uh, that's fair, yeah. And then they just never got any better. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the legend is born from that day, um, fishing at Redondo Pier. Why don't we just sing over surf music? The easy, it lights a snap like that, and they're doing it. So anyway, uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently the quote the idea of writing a song about surfing seemed like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> also, 
I question this Ed Holy Ward shit. fella because he Here. says Mike was a base. Ed Ward? Yeah, this is the rock historian. It's not just Edward? Quote, unquote. No, it's, yeah. It's, Ed no, Ward. It's, it's Ed Space Ward. That guy's crazy. So according to this Ed Ward fella, uh, Mike was a base. He's not. I don't know where that came from. Is he from. not? No, he's like. Oh, he's he does the main, he usually so, does yeah. the melody, so, right? Yeah. So Wikipedia describes him as a baritone. I would hesitate to call him anything else than a tenor. He's a tenor, yeah, he that's is, what I'd say. He has such a fucking high voice. Like well, and he's always doing the falsettos too, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's nasally, so I guess he could be a baritone, and it just sounds higher because it's so well, okay. it's such a head so, voice. But on Surf and Safari, I'm a baritone, and I do have kind of a high voice. But he has, I can't sing any Mike Love part, you know. Like, I don't see. I I've got a fairly high voice, like speaking voice, and then I'm also like I can sing crazy high. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I know that. Well, you sound a lot like you know, Mike Love. That's right. Yeah. When I spout racial insensitive. <laughs> Racially when you wear words. your MAGA hat, yeah. you look a lot like Mike Love. Is it MAGA? Make America Great Again. I know. I thought it was MEGA. I guess MAGA makes more sense. Yeah. Phonetically. Uh, America Great Again. MAGA. We're really dating ourselves by talking about current politics with this podcast. Now, in 20 years, everyone's going to be like, this is so boring. <laughs> we don't want to listen to Trump stuff again. He's been here for 20 years already. Why do we need to hear more about it? Gosh, they might as well be talking about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> so they started their band with the three brothers, Mike Love and Al Jardine, and so it's a family affair except for Al Jardine. Yeah, yeah, All no, right. yeah. So and so they <laughs> Do you named think themselves. He felt weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, because they. <laughs> They all had the family crest tattooed on their ass, and he didn't. So yeah, of it was course. awkward. Yeah. yeah, and they kept talking about like, oh, you, I mean, you'd know if you were at the family reunion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was never invited, yeah. purposefully. Yeah, I mean, why would he be? He's not part of the family. Peter. Well, no. Even even after twenty years in the band, they still weren't inviting him to the family reunions, and that actually became a real story. That was part of why they broke up. Yeah, especially since the they were 70s. throwing Beach Boys concerts at these family reunions. <laughs> They're like, you exactly. Still can't come, Al. Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's take right. the fucking hint, dog. Yeah. Yeah. You know the I hear when Al Jardine when Al Jardine introduced <laughs> when he introduced himself to Brian for the first time at school he met Brian and Mike and they were like oh yeah you're in you're in our math class um you sing right and you play guitar and he said yeah and then they said but what's your name he said you can call me Al That was a lot of build up for that Pete Pulled up for what? Just don't know if that. Oh, I was just. This is from that NPR interview yeah. from Ed Ward. He says, you "Yeah, can call he me says." <laughs> it just says that in quotes. Yeah, Al Al Jardine reportedly told them, "Quote, <laughs> my name is Alexander. You can call me you Al. Can, you can count. You can call me Al." Yeah, man. Yeah, but that was Betty over there. <laughs> just keep reading the thing, Peter. So anyway, I'm not reading anything, PJ. This is all at the top of the nog. It, top of the dome is what I was trying. Coming off the dome. Top of the nog. nog I, like that. I mean, nog sort of works, but noggin did not. Anyway. so um, <laughs> Top of the nog. So they initially named themselves the Pendletones, which is Ugh. a great early 60s name. Uh, because it Pendleton is... shirts, you know Pendleton. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, like the... Of which one I am wearing Are currently. Wearing pen- I'm wearing a Pendleton board shirt. My favorite shirt on earth. No lie. They're so comfortable. But anyway, so Pendleton board shirts were, at the time, a really, really popular shirt for surfers to wear. Yeah, of course. Um, I 
don't know why they're not particularly practical for beachwear. But um, uh, nothing in the late fifties and sixties was like practical true. as far like, as like the uniform was khakis. <laughs> yeah. Like uh Yeah, surfers wore khakis. It was Pendleton. like khakis, keds, yeah. a white crew neck t shirt, and Pendletons with and like usually your cigarettes in the sleeves. A, a dicky <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Well, so and like Pendleton a fucking shirts. swimsuit was made out of wool and yeah, one piece. Exactly. So So they named themselves the Pendletones because they were singers. That and is they a... wore Pendleton shirts at their like early shows. I don't know if I like that or the Beach Boys better because the Beach Boys is a god awful name. Terrible yeah, name. Yeah. Well, and like even the Beatles, not a great name for a band. No. Phenomenal band. Bad name. Even the Rolling Stones is a good name, but given that it is literally ripped from a famous song of the time, yeah, pretty awful. Yeah. Like, yeah, agreed. So the Kinks is pretty good though, because you know what. I'm really into that kinky shit. Yeah. Making hoses not work and stuff. Huh? Making hoses not work? Oh, I mean like like DP. Like ATM. Dr. Pepper. Like ATM stuff, yeah. Like, yeah Automatic diet, teller machine. Diet DP and taking cash out of the machine. That's yeah. what I love. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then pouring it on hose. <laughs> I still don't know where this hose thing is coming from, but that's fine. So... <laughs> So they called themselves the Pendletones and played, like, you know, high school talent shows around the area. So they lived yeah. in Southern California in, oh, boy, Hawthorne, I think, was the town. Do you think they watched that show, The O.C.? No, they didn't have TV. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, So they lived in Southern California, which, PJ, as you know, I mean, first of all, hotbed of liberals. I, I So, I mean, as, as somebody who's very familiar with it, I call it SoCal. Yeah, Hawthorne. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never heard that. Well, I mean, well, they lived in Hawthorne. It's just for like. Is that in Southern California? It's in SoCal, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I guess I thought it was like right next to Oakland, and then they would drive <laughs> twenty hours to twenty, yeah. like fifteen hours to La Jolla. They just lived in Oregon. So you know, so they would go to high schools and play shows, which boy, I guess sounds shitty if you ask me. But especially because by this time they were all pretty much out of high school, except for Dennis and Carl. And that, that was but, their in. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian never got asked to prom, so he needed to go back and make sure he went to one. Yeah. And he thought the best way to do it would be, I got to be in this fucking band. Yeah. Then all the girls are going to think I'll, I'll be cool. playing my bass on stage and yeah, wink at them. exactly. So they wore the Pendleton shirts, did, like, high school shows. Um, so let's see. Brian took up bass, Dennis the drums, and Mike would be the front man. Brian played bass, yeah. mama sang tenor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, um... And then they recorded their first single Ooh. due to – oh, God, where did it go? How did they get their first single recorded? What was their first single? It was a song called Surfin', which is on it Surfin' is on Safari. It is on Safari. It is – and I don't say this lightly – maybe the worst song on that record. Mm, I would disagree. Well, it's <laughs> – it's if you, not a good song. If you don't count, if you don't account for racism, it is the worst song on that record. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, we'll get into yeah. that. So surfing, and then the B side is uh, "Luau," which we're gonna listen to "Luau" since it's not on the record. Um, so we're just gonna hear a little bit of "Luau." The B side to "Surfing." This isn't bad, actually. Oh nope, they start singing. It's bad now. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you know you yeah. get it right. so anyway so uh so <sighs> murray kept in touch with his former children producer or oh. publisher i mean um i thought you were talking about him keeping in touch with his kids and i was like well that's probably fucking good yeah right you get it yeah. so he kept in touch uh with his former publisher this guy named height morgan um and apparently his wife was the one who decided that the beach boys or the Pendletones, excuse me should yeah. be recorded so they did surfing which uh i believe brian she and just mike, thought mike was cute yeah so brian wrote the song and mike wrote the lyrics for surfing all because dennis went let's write a fucking surf song with lyrics. yeah so um Makes anyway sense. holds up so they wrote that, and then uh, also did Luau, which, boy, is, uh, might have been a cover. If you I mean, know right into the show. If it was Beach written Boys by Boys. them, then, oh, no. I have no idea. Seems shitty enough that it could have been written by them. Yeah. I, I mean, like, days. I wouldn't be surprised. So that was their first single, and it was out on Cadet or something? No, what was it? Codex? PJ, you know, yeah. one would argue that I should have this stuff pulled up when I want to talk about it. But well, that person, one might argue that. No, but that person would be wrong. Because you yeah. know what's better than having information ready at your fingertips? Having to type it in. and Having uh, to look around my computer for a long time while I vamp with you yeah, before I, I found yeah. it. Um, and when I do find it, I would say that it is... Um, that it is a song that is on the label... What that is on a label... Be? Yeah, um, it's on a label. We know that much. It should have been a label uh, that would be well. So Hype Morgan <laughs> yeah. had it, Hype Morgan. and then it, it's Candix Records is the Candix. Label. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you found that so quick. It's that's right. I'm. I'm. It's hard to believe that you're reading this off a computer, Peter. So they recorded it as the Pendletones, but when the yeah. single came out a while after they recorded it on Candix, someone had renamed them to the Beach Boys in the meantime. <laughs> so they didn't even choose the name. Oh, my it God. It just happened. Someone that's at Candix Records amazing. went, you know what? Pendletones is ridiculous. Nah, these boys sound like they're from the beach. Yeah, the Beach Boys. So apparently Candix wanted them to be Holy named shit. the Surfers, except there was already a group called the Surfers, yeah. which is good because the Surfers is the worst out of those three names. Or at least the it would have aged yeah. the worst. Yeah. Once they wanted to start making not surf music. Yeah, I guess. Like so. the Beach Boys still kind of works is just because kind of vague enough. They're still so tied to California, even if they're yeah. least surfing music ish eras, and yeah. so like it still works just in that they're from the beach. Like they came from a beach town, so at the very yeah. least they have that going for them. They lived under the dock. The Pendletones would have been very Beatles-esque, I feel like, where it just would have taken on a meaning of its own, and no one would have thought about the fact that it's a shit name yeah. 30 years on. But, I don't know. Maybe not. So, and then Surfing, uh, let's see, who wanted... See, they did, I don't know, like, the Beatles being the, the Quarrymen before, the Quarrymen would have been a great name for a band, I think. Quarrymen is a good name. Yeah, the yeah. Beatles is not that great. Yeah. So, uh, so surfing was a really big regional hit, which was a big deal back then when it was all just through radio stations. Yeah. Um, and so, and, but like even bigger than it being a regional hit is it got to number 75 on the hot 100, which oh, that's pretty good. seems like nothing, but for the fact that it was only like a Southern California song is, I mean, I don't have anything pretty on that. impressive. The weirdest thing about this is that it was so successful. The number of unpaid orders that they got for the single bankrupted <laughs> 
bankrupted that Candix company. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> Which just how low rent is that company that they couldn't keep up with a like 75 Hot 100, you know? <laughs> like, what were they expecting? I mean, obviously nothing. They printed two based on like yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on how many sold, but like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, but around this time they were signed, um, they were signed to Capital. Yeah. So, um, it was right after that, that came out, um, Murray kind of, I mean, I don't know. They were all still teenagers basically. So he didn't really force his way into being their manager, but he just said, I'm your manager. He was just like, I'm pretty much all of your dads. Yeah. (laughs) I'm three fifths of the band's dad. (laughs) And one fifth uncle. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so, but he, he submitted, I think the single to Capitol. And so then they got signed for like a six year contract or something from Capitol who had just lost um, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, apparently, like, in the oh, last six months. Yeah. And so we're, like, weird and desperate and kind of thought, like, this might be a fad, the surf music thing, but let's try it anyway. And then with the Beach Boys and then when the Beatles came to America, they signed to Capitol too yeah. for their American releases. And so then all of a sudden, you know, they were fine. But it's kind of interesting how that came about. So... So right after uh, they recorded the single, the Surfing single, Al Jardine, a long-term member of the band, left, though, immediately, like within the first year, okay. because he had graduated from high school and <laughs> needed he was to done sh- with that kid he, shit. He needed to show up at dentistry school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess. He's so, like Hermie the Elf. <laughs> yeah. So he really wanted to be a dentist. Um, <laughs> so he left a about to be, you know, world famous yeah. band to to go learn to be a dentist. So now, you know, DDS Al Jardine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Especially given how Al looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's like the perfect dentist. He would have been such a great dentist. Yeah. And he would have just like cracked lame tooth jokes the whole time. Anyway. So once they got signed to Capitol, though, then they sat down to record Surf and Safari, yeah. which is... And so is Al in the band at this time or no? No. He, so okay, they got, so we left before Yeah, they so they recording. got a different okay. friend that they knew who played music named David Marks yeah, to he's play... Not, he's not a band member. Uh, He is for, like, their first three or four records. Okay, so, okay. And so then Al gets out of dentistry school and immediately comes back to the band in, like, <laughs> 1964 or 5. I forget exactly. Huh. But immediately comes back to play with the band more. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to that David was a huge asshole or something. So, yeah. okay. it's possible. Because he's somebody I've never heard of. David Marks? Yeah. Yeah, no. There's going to be a lot of people like that. They yeah. have a lot of, like, two-year members. Um, So, anyway. So, Surf and Safari was their first record and so it of course included the single surfing it weirdly didn't include luau even though it probably should have because do they do they re-record it later luau yeah no, no i it's, think it's just they do the re-record yeah. surfing though i'm pretty sure in the capitol studios because yeah. the first one's very like i mean even their first one sounds pretty garage yeah but um oh shoot i just closed out of their other song but anyway, but it's still like it sounded even worse the original yeah. one. So, um, at some point in here, let's see, where did that go? At some point in here, they record a song called Barbie. Okay, can you hear that? Yeah. You're what? I thought that was a Beach Boys song. Okay. So right after or right before they uh, get signed to Capital, 
So this was in between the time when Candix goes out of fucking business. Right. And they get signed to Capital. So Murray and... Oh, no. It was before Candix went out of business. Because that guy, Hype Morgan from Candix, is, like, looking for places to shop their songs. So weirdly, they sell a sped-up version of Surf and Safari to, like, this German record label that releases it as, like, a double-time version. Yeah. Like, they just sped up the tapes. Yeah. And then also, he struck a deal... (laughs) Struck he struck a, a deal. Yeah, well, he struck a deal with Mattel, who were just creating the Barbie and Ken dolls yeah. and wanted a song about Barbie. Oh, so. Yeah. So. I'd like uh, to hear a little bit of that if you've got it. It looks like Hype Morgan's son wrote the song Barbie and the Beach Boys recorded it. So we'll hear a little bit of Barbie. It's basically Caroline, no. Yeah. <laughs> Proto. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this it was is... supposed to sell dolls to children. Like, that's what this was supposed to do. It is weirdly a Brian Wilson lead vocal, uh, which is actually strange. Because Rare for he doesn't... their early days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not sure why, but... <laughs> it was just such a fine piece of art he couldn't resist. Oh, Jesus Christ. Still in her tin. That's creepy. Yeah. This whole song is pretty creepy. Like, All right. the whole so, vibe. We'll let Barbie go into the bottom here for all y'all listening at home and want to hear the whole thing. So, anyway, um, so they recorded Barbie. Um, so, also around this time, um, I'm unclear whether they knew him before or whether this is when they became good friends with him, but yeah. Brian became really close with a like neighbor of Mike's named Gary Usher. Who was a songwriter the and great musician. The grandfather of Usher. That's right. That's exactly right. Usher's real name is actually Gary Usher V. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Great grandfather? Gary yeah. Usher IV? Eh, whatever. Whatever. So um, he became really close with this guy named Gary Usher who helped write a lot of their early songs. So he'll come up a lot as like yeah, co-writer. as co-writer. Basically all the songs are either Brian and Mike or Brian and Gary Usher. Or a uh, cover. In the early days. Yeah. Or covers. Yeah. So and Brian or and Gary Usher also comes into play because Gary Usher was really really into Hot Rods, um and so he basically influenced. Like, so I like mean for the first and... yeah for the first like five records the Beach Boys were all surf music and Hot Rod music yeah and the Hot Rod music all came from Gary Usher yeah. so okay they would have been just surf music boy can you even imagine that'd be so lame they would have been just surf music uh, if not for Gary. So all right let's get to the record PJ let's do it. So I'll get my is, notes out. I listened to this album twice yeah, today. Nice. I listened to it like six times because it's insanely goddamn short, which it's is a hallmark. Very short album. So that's yeah. that's weirdly a hallmark of the Beach Boys career. I don't think they've ever released an album longer than thirty minutes that wasn't a double album. Um but all of these early records are especially short. They're all yeah. around twenty four to twenty six minutes. Yeah, I was cleaning my room while I was listening to this the first time. Yeah, and then and it yeah. you kept it on repeat and it went six times. Yeah, yeah. PJ has a massive room, by the way. For those who don't, for those who don't know I out do. there, I actually live outside, so it's pretty infinite. <laughs> well, you had to rake, and then you had to snow shovel because it snowed this weekend. Exactly. And then you had to rake what, again. Would sleep on a wet bed? No thanks. A, a, a wet bed of snow. Yeah. That's my favorite song off the Beach Boys Christmas record. We'll get there. So, Surf and Safari. <laughs> Yeah. The Beach Boys' first record, it was released on October 1, 1962. I remember the day well. Yeah. It was recorded... I was but 16 years old. Yeah. It was recorded over the summer and fall of that year. 
at Capitol Studios. And, oh, they did use some of the stuff from Height Morgan Studios. So maybe they didn't re-record Serpent. I mean, they may have re-recorded parts of it and used other samples. The genre, by the way, is garage surf, which is putting it kindly, because I would just say shit surf. Yeah. (laughs) Get it? Nice. Nice. So, Surfing USA. Um, Let's see. So it is amazingly 12 songs. Yeah. And or Servant Safari, sorry, Servant USA is the next one. Uh, so Servant Safari is, I mean, yeah, twelve what? songs. Although they're all less than two minutes, which is why it's only twenty-five. All minutes of them long. are less than two minutes. Uh, not all of them, most of them. Around two minutes, though. Let's see. The shortest song is a minute and thirty seconds. And then... thank God, because that's ten little Indians. Oh my God. And then the longest song is two twenty. What song is that one? Heads you win, tails I lose. Which? Oh my god. Heads you win, tails I. Well, we'll get to it. All right. Yeah. So we're just we'll gonna go ahead and start. Track by track. We're yeah. gonna listen to. All right. So track one off Serpent Safari, the titular track. I wish that this was a video podcast so that you could see P- Peter's dance moves. They're pretty great. A lot of a lot of shoulders in there. Well, I'm sitting down. Oh yeah. It's hard to dance with your hips. You're, you're getting your hips up. in there too, though, by even sitting. Okay. The, All right. Everyone knows this one. Yeah. Obviously. The weirdest thing about this one was tolerable. This is the yeah. most. Yeah. Not uh, the most tolerable. This you want to you want to know my my one and only note for Surf and Safari. Honestly, great fucking song, PJ. See, it is a jam. I don't like it that much. Come on, Safari. I think it is the second best on the album. I'm not even giving it the best. Uh, it's tolerable. It is like the most mild. It's definitely of... tolerable. I will give you that. It also sounds like every other goddamn song on the album. Well, yeah, but it's it's also the least obnoxious song that sounds exactly like every other song on the album. That's fair, and that's why which I is said why it was, it's good. That's why I said it was tolerable. Um, yeah, it, true. The, the first part though, it is so weird that the the vocals that are mixed the loudest are the low vocals. Yeah, it is a little weird. It's I think so it's just weird. because they were really influenced by like by doo-wop groups because no one yeah. had sung. Like, the only groups that had four-part harmonies back then were doo-wop groups. Yeah, like Sha Na Na. <laughs> yes, Sha Na Na, the famous early 1960s musical group. Exactly. Sha Na Na. Um, and so, like, I think that's why. That's my best guess. Yeah. I don't really know. You could probably fade that out. Yeah. No, we'll just listen to the whole thing. The whole thing? I don't know if we're allowed to do uh, that. People... People surf, though, PJ, from Hawaii to the shores of Peru. Uh, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Huh. All those Peruvians surfing. Do you think Dennis was like, I, I did that once. <laughs> Surfed in Peru? All the way. Yeah. All, All the way. So, uh, yeah, what did you think of Surfing Safari? So, that's what... Uh, that's what I, like... It's weird that they mix the vocals that low. And I wanted to know... Which one came first? Oh, and you already answered this. So this is what I wrote down. Which one came first? Um, the, like, what does it say? Dumb band name or the dumb gimmick? <laughs> so the dumb gimmick came first. The dumb gimmick. And yeah. then they didn't even name themselves. So, yeah. yeah, I said that was tolerable. I didn't think it was awful. I mean, yeah. I've definitely heard that song before because I, you know, I've been alive. Right. Ever. It's pretty impossible to not know that one. Yeah. Um. And that one's fine. I like don't have that big of a problem with it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was their lead single from Capital. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, and it was the lyrical follow-up to Surfin', which 
isn't every song that mentions the word surfing <sighs> a lyrical follow-up to the and single surfing? I, why did they that put, makes no sense. Why did they even put surfing on this album if they already, like, I, they didn't need yeah. surfing safari and surfing. Well, I mean, to be fair, they did literally only have one shtick at this point, and it was surfing. And yeah. then also one hot rod song, at least on this. I mean, they I get just, into more hot rod songs. I just don't think they later, need a shtick, you know. So, um, yeah. So that's this one. Yeah. And lead vocal Mike, and it was it's by far I would say Mike's least obnoxious song. He's he can ve- yeah. he can be really annoying, and on this record especially, he just sounds like a little kid sometimes. Weirdly, yeah. for him being like eighteen years old, he sounds like he's like fourteen. And he looked like he was later, 40. but that song he sounds very normal to me. And yeah, just fine. I mean that one's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a lot of the time, I think Peter and I use this uh, term a lot. Who? Uh, Pete and I. Yeah, I don't know who that. Uh, Peter. I'm talking about you, Pete. Oh. Peter. Shit. Okay. Edit okay. that out. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Um, we say like it's fine. Like I think both of us use it the same way. We don't actually mean like it's like it's fine. We mean it in like it. It's. Eh, I don't know. It's not offensive, but it's definitely not good. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. But. I think Surfing Safari is a great song. Uh, it was okay. It's the only song off of this. Re- uh, this record is like, we'll see how the later ones get, but this record is confirming every previous bias that I had about you only need the greatest hits for the Beach Boys up to a certain point. And it's confirming every, every bias I had. every other song that on this record blows. They're not a good. No, that's not. There is one song <laughs> right, that's right, better we'll on this. All right, we'll get to it. Yeah. I, it's probably track two, County Fair. God, I fucking hated this one. Ugh. Christ. Okay, actually, you know what? I don't have a qualm this, with this beginning part. And then when the drop comes, I don't know if that's what they call it, but... Like, this part is, like, so mild, and it sounds different than the rest of the album, which I thought was good, but that's then... True. I hate this. <laughs> Do you well, know this is the this is the guy at the at the fair. I know, the, 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 the caller. Yeah. I, I know that. I don't understand why, why this is annoying to you. Yeah, They're obviously recording this at a county fair yeah. <laughs> and just caught this as ambient yeah. noise. Do you know who's doing that voice? I, I don't. Do you? I, I have no idea. Oh, no, I thought no. you might know. I don't. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> um, so this won't surprise you. We'll we'll fade it down a little bit while we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so this song was inspired by Brian and Gary Usher going to a county fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind of makes sense in San Bernardino. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, they wrote <laughs> County Fair in 10 minutes, which seems about right. Yeah. I'd actually say that seems long. Yeah. <laughs> but not my favorite thing about this is when the woman's talking in it. Oh, here we go. Come on, muscles. Well, earlier she calls him Nikki, which it's like, who the fuck is Nikki? I don't no know. one in the band is Nikki. Is this, well, is this the prequel to Little Saint Nick? That, <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> oh, man. And my favorite thing later, like. It's not like they take on alter egos because in a later song no. they say all of their names. Yeah, who the hell is Nikki? Why is Nikki the guy who's being a wimp at the? Well, and then I love so this song is on it. It's kind of fun just in its weird noveltyness. And, like okay. I do have a weird soft spot. Novelty songs are a thing that I'm really glad has disappeared from pop music because they are, they're maybe like the they're maybe the worst part of pop music from like the 60s through the 80s. Yeah, having or like the 50s through the 80s, just having a straight up novelty song like That's this, fair, but. Yeah. When a one is not just really annoying, I find it weirdly charming. And this one I kind of weirdly find charming. I hated it. Um, um, that's one of my just notes. just because I think of all the people talking in the background. Like, I weirdly kind of enjoy the carnival barker. And then the guy who comes up to hit the hammer thing for him. I don't know. It's kind of fun. 
Uh, here are my notes. Yes, please. This song sounds like all the other ones, but dumb. Uh, I wrote most specialist <laughs> question mark. Yeah, because that yeah. is a term they use in it. Well, uh, they're singing for high schoolers. Uh, to yeah. be, I mean, that's fair. At uh, the oldest, and then junior this is what pissed me too. off because is this a serious band or is this a joke band at this point? We're two oh. songs into their first album. Are they a serious band or are they a joke band? Because it could go either goddamn way. They need to choose. I mean, they're serious. The worst answer, this is the worst answer, and I think it's the most correct one, is that they were a very serious band. That didn't understand that they, they were They did goofy not realize shit. that, yeah. yeah. Like, they were all just like, They yeah, genuinely thought that was cool like a good music. song. Well, and to be fair, at this time, I would say like this was as legitimate as he got to some yeah. degree as a pop band i mean they were only trying to be a pop band and like eventually they will get to a point where half the band really wants to get more serious and half <coughs> my glove don't um and so like that that does come eventually yeah but i mean you're not wrong that it's ridiculous yeah it's for sure I, at the yeah. same time this was right though this was right in the pocket of like every record company just wanting teenagers to sing about teenager things and so they got fucking paid man like they got like an eight-year oh, contract yeah. off no i don't off doubt the that surfing yeah. single i mean and they're so, still getting paid yeah all right are we gonna ever go over the john stamos years oh of course good of course PJ. there's a bit of a bit of a bit of a stamos fan yeah stamos head of course so all right uh and then my last note hated it please oh thank you next song i did it is just a hot start to the album surf and safari like a1 track and then goddamn county fair is number two like and then honestly okay this is what confuses me well we'll get to this but this album sequenced very strangely okay so track three is um you just, play, just don't say anything. Just play. Yeah, don't say anything either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, now play no more of it. When you start off, the very first line, engine and squaw. And then the holy, ah! yeah. Oh, Jesus. Holy fucking shit. Um, I, I honestly don't know if I've ever heard something so, like, tastelessly offensive in a right. long time like it's not even trying to be anything but like a fucking Davy no, crockett cartoon exactly and you know the most offensive thing about that song is not how incredibly racist it is <laughs> it's that is the exact same pace part as every other goddamn song on <laughs> this album I mean, 10 Little Indians. Okay, so oh, weirdly, there is a story. So I'm actually using this, like, Beach Boys fan site yeah. that collects the uh, from the deluxe edition from Surf and Safari. Yeah. They have, like, scanned in all of the liner notes with, like, oh. some band interviews oh, and right stuff. On. Yeah. And so Gary Usher and Brian Wilson talk a bunch about this record. So from Gary Usher. Um, yeah, we were just racist. I mean, basically, like, yeah. Beach Boy or Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson says that he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, I just I kind of wanted like a cool Indian vibe on that one. And then it's an interview from like the late 90s. And he talks about like, yeah, I kind of brought that sound back on some later solo albums. And just why? The fuck is he talking Why about? was that OK? Yeah. It's... Like he mentions a couple other tracks where he's like, yeah, it had kind of that like. I don't even know. I think the thing he mentioned really liking was the background vocals of the like Indian yell, except the. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Okay. That he he was like that was pretty that was pretty dope though. <laughs> this song would be so much less offensive if it wasn't for those background vocals. Honestly, I think definitely the most offensive thing the is squaw? them only saying engine and squaw the yeah. entire time. Yeah, they... <laughs> I think that is worse than the yeah. than the other part. But um, also Kimosabi, they yeah. say it like twenty times in the song. God, that song is uh, so incredibly racist. I mean. That just feels like it should have been scrubbed from the re-release, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. I mean, Mike Love is probably in charge of that kind of stuff, right? He doesn't care. He doesn't <laughs> think it's racist at all. That song's fine. You're all being too sensitive. What's wrong snowflakes. with it? Yeah. Goddamn right. millennials. Track four, Chug-A-Lug. Goddamn. Were they 15 when they wrote this? Nope. Wait. 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 This is my favorite part. Root beer Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. PJ, if if you weren't sure, this song is all about all about root beer. Chugging mugs of root beer. Chugging mugs of root beer. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. This so how? Who wrote this? Uh, Brian Love and. Or Brian Wilson and Gary Usher. Okay, so how old were they? Uh, I mean, Brian was 18. Gary was, like, in his 20s, I think, when they were. Oh, that's so ludicrous. Oh, Mike Love was, like, 20 at this point. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Brian was 20. Mike Love is, like, 22 at this point. So this is the song where I wrote, Mike Love sounds like he's still, like, 14 years old. Oh, he totally does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What I wrote down is, dumb song. Wait, shh. But this organ part is actually. Clear. I wrote that yeah. down. Okay. It is. It is one of the best parts of the album. Is this organ solo? I said, dumb song, same bass line. Uh, and there's and, and the guitar. At this point, there was already a better song by Roger Miller called Chugalug. Oh really? Yeah. All right. And like, I love Roger Miller. I've got a Roger Miller tattoo, and that song rules. So yeah. like, I just don't don't know why they were like, we'll also have a Chugalug song. Yeah, it's, um, also, it's pretty bad. It's this, hard to fade these out early when they're only two minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where to stop it. Also, my favorite, my absolute favorite thing about this song was that they said all of their names in it, like their goddamn new edition. Yeah. Here comes Mike and Bobby. Like, yeah. I love it. It's so dumb. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, According to a Beach Boys historian, uh, yeah, this song could have been a hit. Had Capital followed Brian's instincts to follow up Surf and Safari with this one as a single, which, um, fuck no. No. <laughs> the only good part of the song was the organ. Yeah, the organ and guitar solo, but yeah. also the lyric really cues you into the personalities of the individual Beach Boys. You mean like when they announce their names? <laughs> yeah. When they're like, Mike was driving in a little tiny car now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fucking insane. And then I said, sounds like a 15 year old wrote this, and then bad song. Yeah. Yeah. Chug a Lug's pretty bad. All right, next it's, one. It is it is unintentionally the funniest song on here, though. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of the few that actually would be like a jam at a school dance, which I think were yeah. their primary gigs at this point. Yeah, so, that makes sense. You know, that's good, I guess. He's but. talking about root beer. <laughs> I like root beer. All right. Little Miss America. Oh, is that one? Oh, yeah. Okay, actually, the, no, there's a the different... Ballad. It's Little Girl Parentheses Miss America. Is that not correct? I have Little Miss America. Okay. 
but I do see on Wikipedia it's credited differently than it is on the album that I have. So, yeah, I I saw it on a re-release. That's oh, where I wrote it down. Got it. This song is just kind of boring. It sounds like the rest of the the songs on the album, but a little bit slower, kind of. Not even slower by that much as far no, as the No, you couldn't goes. even slow dance to this. No. Like This I, is though the first non-Mike Love vocal on the album. Dennis Wilson singing lead on this Dennis, one. Okay. The drummer. You know, I just think it's really cool that they wrote a song about a multi-surface cleaner. <laughs> you know, they didn't actually write this one. This is a Herb Alpert song. Oh. Crazy, right? Like pre-ATO uh, days, I yeah. think, right? Or ATM? God damn it! What was his label? Was it ATO or ATM? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah ATO sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so this song's yeah. pretty good, actually. All in all, it's not. Uh, it's awful, not. It's not my favorite song. But it also, I will not probably ever listen to it again after this episode's over. Uh, the two notes I wrote down was "make your excellent cleaner joke," and uh, <laughs> then <laughs> and it, this one's not bad. This is probably the least abrasive song. Yeah. I would say it's like, so when I was cleaning my room, I kind of couldn't tell when it came to a new song, except this one, yeah, this one's fine. This I don't mind this one. It's not my favorite one on the album. This though. one sounds like it should have been licensed for the Sha Na Na's to play during the dance Exactly. Grease. So that's what I said. Like, there's like a if this had been in Greece, yeah. I probably would dig it, but on yeah. this record, it's like just fine. It doesn't really fit the rest of it, especially since it's Surf right. and Safari. A&M, by the way, not ATM. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I don't know. A key part, weirdly, of the surf rock experience is singing about women. So, you yeah. know, that's fun. And and multi-service cleaner. Getting to 409. And that's for oh, this song that you were supposed to make the multi-service it. cleaner, Jack. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was... I'm going to cut that out. Wait, wait. No, go back. Nope. You hear that engine Wait, no, running, you got to go way? back. You got to pause it. No. No, because I, I had other stuff to say. I was reading About Little Miss one. America? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What okay. do you have to say about so, Little Miss America? It's like buddy, we'll just we'll just go back and edit this so that your oh, other so comments are over four oh nine. I'm actually and these comments that. are over yeah. Little Miss America. No, no, no. Uh, so, this show isn't allowed to be edited. It's only going to be way too long and annoying to listen. I, to. I said that little girl was Buddy Holly. It sounded like Buddy Holly, but annoying. <laughs> all right. And then I said, eh, like it was fine. All right. And then, all right, go to four. Oh, that's oh yeah. That's okay. all I had. God, yeah. I'm so. Maybe I should look at your notes before we start the podcast. <laughs> I was so, you know what it was? I was trying to Google what uh, 409 exactly was, a monthly surface cleaner, and I thought we had gotten to the next song while I was Googling it. <laughs> Wait. And we had not. That's actually, that's kind of funny because I grew up with 409 as like the only cleaner in the house besides Windex. So I knew exactly what 409 was. Well, I knew I what it, I wanted to all. see exactly what the, like, oh, the, 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 sure, the sure, it said. Sure, so it says 409 multi service sure, sure, cleaner. Sure, sure, sure. All right. All right, go to that cleaner song. Did you have any idea what I was talking about earlier when I said... I kind of just walked past it because yeah. I wasn't positive, but I didn't want to step all over your jokes. Yeah. So. Do they, they use this in a 409 commercial? 409 is honestly a pretty good song, too. Most of their Hot Rod songs are pretty good, I have to say. I don't know. I don't like it very much. I think it just sounds like every other song on the album. I mean, it's not bad, or it's not great, but it's definitely not bad in the way that a lot of the songs on this are. It's probably about the same level as Little Miss America. Like, if you force me to listen to this nah. one, I wouldn't hate it, but if you force me to listen to some other ones. No, if I'm going to listen to one of the songs that sounds the same on this one, I'm going to listen to Serpent Safari. But for 
I don't think Surf and Safari does sound the same as the other ones. I think Surf and Safari is far and away the only, like, really good track. And the rest of them are good or fine at best. I don't know. I, d I just think they all they all have the exact same bass line. Well, yeah, they're all, like, they're all basically 12-bar blues songs about surfing, PJ. Yeah. What? Well, this I mean, one's not about surfing same... now, is it, Peter? Dude, it's the same. Like, every Chuck Berry song kind of sounds the same in the end, but there's still some great songs. Well, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, so 409, I believe, was the second single after Surf and Safari. Oh, no, no, no. 409 was a double-sided single with Surf and Safari, and it's apparently, quote-unquote, up for debate among Beach Boys fans which one was supposed to be the A-side, which who gives a fuck, guys. Jesus. I mean, if they named the goddamn album Surf and Safari, then Surf and Safari was supposed to be the A-side. I think that's the idea, but yeah. there's, like, apparently a sect out there who thinks 409 would have been a bigger hit, which, no, it wouldn't have been. No. It's Whatever. not that good of a song. So 409, um, 409 is a type of engine, by the way, if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so, and a multi-service cleaner. Yeah. Was that your joke? Did you No, I was just joke? waiting for the audience yeah. to stop laughing. Yeah. Because that's a good pretty call. good joke. Yeah. So, but it was, uh, that, that, that car noise at the beginning was Gary Usher's car. So Gary Usher was in all the hot rods yeah. and they like put a microphone in the street and had him rev and drive past to record that. So, you know. Okay, next song. Surfing. Surfing, the Beach Boys' very first single. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now, sir. So they wrote, they wrote this one they were, when they were like 16, right? <laughs> the I can't handle that. Like, that's what Shanana was formed to make fun of, the ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. So I wrote that. I was, yeah. that's exactly not Like, that's what Shanana were, were like, so sick of and making fun of and they did it very seriously yeah um so i said really servants fari and this song and then wow, i said yeah. this sounds like shana na um i just hate that it's so bad it's yeah. so bad and then uh none of them surf which kind of pissed me off sorry dennis surfed well so this is according to this uh to these liner notes from this Brian Wilson interview, it yeah. says, One day, Dennis came home from the beach and said, Hey, surfing's getting really big. You ought to write a song about it. <laughs> which kind of makes it sound like Dennis didn't actually surf. No. He just noticed dudes <laughs> doing it down at the beach. <laughs> which means that him surfing sometimes... Means he just saw a surfboard Which means once. he saw people surfing yeah, yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So, and this it's is the like rest. like they're skating yeah. on the water. Well, PJ, it's really like they're longboarding on the water. The Beach Boys were big longboarders. Yeah. I don't think you knew this, but yeah. they were they started longboarding. They love zoomies. But they were jealous of surfers. Yeah. Surfing was really what they wanted to yeah. do. They just they weren't brave they enough to They had to change their the look water. from like shitty vans and hoodies to Yeah. That's right. Nice boy sweaters. So, I don't know how they calculate this, but it says Surfin' was a number 75 hit nationally on the Hot 100. Yeah. It was a number two hit in L.A. Did they have regional charts? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I mean, okay. it would have been easy because the only yeah, music just was radio, the radio stations. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Oh, but it says in the liner notes, Surfin' yeah. was re-recorded for this album. So, I have no idea which song would have been recorded in the Candic Studios. I don't know. Who yeah. gives a fuck? All right. All right. The next song. Okay. This yeah. is Headsy Wind Tales I Lose, and I fucking love Gary Usher's quote about this. All right. Oh, you gotta, you gotta lay that. All right. Boy so here me. it is. Brian and I would always flip a coin to decide things. 
This one got written because we were always looking for contemporary expressions to make into songs. <laughs> okay, so what that... do you mean always looking for? Like, okay, so at the same time, we wrote a corny country song called "Timber." I'm falling in love with you, which just got stolen for a shitty folk rock song like 50 years later. She's yelling timber. Wait, no, that's not folk rock. That's Kesha, right? Yeah. Isn't that Kesha and what's his name? Pipple. Is that Pipple, really? Yeah, which I truly, yeah. like, I am not big on pop music. I love the song Timber. I hate that song. That fucking that, harmonica, dude. But it sounds like, okay, but I'm not wrong that it sounds like that. Oh, God, who is the Let's record right down. next to the same Summer, Summer Mumford and Sons got huge. Yeah. Who is the other band that did the Hey Ho? The Lumineers. Lumineers. Timber sounds like a Lumineers song with like an electro beat behind it. It sounds like they just remixed a Lumineers song. I like the Lumineers. Well, okay. That's where we diverge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So heads you win, tails you lose. Let's, uh, let's get there. So my first question. Nope. Let the song play. Don't Give the you. listeners at home a chance. I, I don't know that we can, like, legally... We can play parts. We just can't we can play, play the whole part. song. Well, I know, but I think we have to talk over it if we are, so that the sensors We're talking don't over get it us. Well, we are. So, that was my... You answered my first question. Uh, which is, why the which fuck came would you first? write this song? No. <laughs> this song is <laughs> god-awful. Um, yeah, I wrote... Uh, oh, and then I wrote, whoever's singing the lowest vocals... Cannot hit low notes. Okay, which is also Mike. So I'm actually really confused by that because in these liner notes, I was making fun of that guy saying Mike was a bass. But in those liner notes, it says like Mike singing the bass parts and the lead parts, which... That's crazy. I did not actually realize that they did that separate. I thought yeah. they did the four part all together all the time. But uh, like uh, I thought it was the four part and so... then the lead singer all together, but apparently not. I don't know. So that that makes sense to me because since he sings so high all the time, he cannot hit the low notes in this song. Yeah. Like at all. This was the last <laughs> song that I wrote down a note for, and it was just bleh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't hey, write I wrote almost else. the exact same thing. Uh, I, wrote, I was just getting eh. really sick of this record at this point. And we're only like 10 minutes in. Yeah. Um, and I was already like, fuck yeah. this. I also didn't yeah. know which one came first. Like the expression. Sorry. Oh no! This is not this is not a Sly and the Family Stone situation. Yeah, where uh, different strokes for different folks. Right, right. Yeah. They did not create this expression. Yeah, but they did maybe. <laughs> Gary Usher and Brian Wilson were possibly the only people in er, uh, in history to ever use the expression "timber." I'm falling in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, contemporary in, expression. In Billings, one time I found a bunch of dirty coins. Uh, sure. And I, I mean that in the sense of like they were erotic coins, mm. like a pile of them on the ground. Mm-hmm. I still have a bunch. And on one side it said, "Heads I win, tails you lose." Or yeah. What did it say on the other side? That's weird. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it had a picture of a wo- of a woman's naked bottom on the tail side, and of. Uh, I believe a woman blowing a man on the head side. Okay, I was going to say it has to be a penis joke. But yeah, I don't know where they wow, came from. Wow, you weren't kidding about the dirty coin part. No. Yeah. That's. Do you still have them? I think so. I think I, I could probably find one I would very you. much like one of those yeah. so that I could show it off to every woman I know and be like, yeah. hey, I'm a cool guy, right? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> hey, let's flip this, lady. <laughs> I don't know who buys one of those, let alone a bunch of them, and leaves them on the in an alley in Billings, Montana. That feels like something you'd get at like some shitty bar. And then, like, just as a That's promotion, should, yeah. and then you'd, like, just have them in your pocket. I don't know. I don't know. That feels like Billings only has, like, the one strip club, but that feels like a thing you'd get from, like, a strip club from, like, in the a strip 60s. Club. Yeah. 
but or like uh like those dirty booths where you watch pornography in them that i don't oh think. Yeah, yeah yeah you're right you're yeah. right and it would just be the tokens that you'd slide yeah yeah but yeah i don't that's strange all right so now we have uh summertime blues uh which is apparently it's a cover right yeah by yeah. eddie cochran it was a garage band staple which all right garage bands liked shitty songs i guess yeah no well, surprise there so i you can play it go for it i'm gonna talk over it 100 percent. but uh it's weird because there are other covers of this song that i enjoy immensely it sounds very much like it could be a good like eric burden in the animal song or something yeah like, yeah uh the who did a cover of it yeah the who the sure, who yeah. yeah their version kicks ass uh yeah. and then alan jackson did the most famous version i believe weird it was it was on crunchy radio when i was growing up yeah. ain't no cure for the summertime that actually would probably be pretty good yeah. it's better than this one for sure interesting um and uh yeah i just think it's hilarious that uh nobody knows that the beach boys covered this song it's sort of like we're gonna get to it on their next record they cover miserloo which is just Oh yeah. I don't know. This was an era when every band would cover like if there was a big song, every single band that was yeah. even close to that genre would cover it on their next record. Yeah. So like a lot of it kind of makes sense, but it's still just I don't know. It's not a bad song, but I'm not a big fan. Are we fan. still are we still waiting for your for your favorite song that isn't Surfing Safari? Yeah, isn't that surprising? Wow. That is surprising. All right, let's give a little listen to that Alan Jackson version cuz I've never heard that. Yeah. I just remember it grow and so like when I heard this I was like Ooh, there's a music video. I bet it's got Alan Jackson and his shitty hair and his shitty beard uh dancing around. No, he's I bet he's in, in the back a, of a He's in a truck. giant no, he's in the cab of a giant lifted truck and he's mudding. Damn it, I was so close. <laughs> yeah. This is actually kind of a jam. It's better than the Beach Boys version. It's way better as a country song. Yeah, I would agree. Or it, it or makes what the more who sense did. as a country song. Yeah. Or what the Who did. Uh, the Who like changed it completely. Yeah, that's actually yeah, it works. It works good. pretty well as a country song. All right, let's check out the Who's. It, it's kind of Boris the Spidery. They do a weird voice in it even. What do you fall on the hue? The, on the hue? The who? Uh, I fall that I barely know them at all, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I love the who. I basically only know their, like, hits. Yeah, basically yeah. I'm just the greatest hits guy on them. When I was a kid, this is admittedly a stupid reason to not have ever gotten into them, but when yeah. I was a kid, I, I was a huge Led Zeppelin fan because my dad liked them. Like, they were probably my favorite band when I also was a kid. Also a huge Led Zeppelin fan. And I was annoyed that I... I did not realize that Roger Daltrey is around before Roger Plant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robert Plant. Robert Plant, yeah. I did not realize that he came around before him, but I was, like, mad that he copied, copied his him. hair. Yeah. And his so I never even... liked The Who because it was like, oh, he, he stole Robert Plant's hair. They both have magnificent hair. They do, but I just – I was a dumb kid, basically, so I didn't like them. All right, Cuckoo Clock. This oh. has got to be your favorite song on the record, PJ. I just – I can't imagine how it wouldn't be. Not yet. It's actually not a bad melody. It's fine. If it didn't have the background vocals, it'd be a lot better. 
And if it wasn't about a goddamn cuckoo clock. Yeah, so... If the lyrics were different and it didn't have the background vocals and it wasn't shittily recorded, <laughs> it'd probably be a pretty good song. I wrote this one sounds the same. The bird noises are very funny. Yeah, the bird noises are good. But I, I like, legitimately think the chorus or the, the melody is pretty good if it just wasn't about a cuckoo clock. Yeah, no, I think I thought this one was fine. I just thought... This, and this is yeah. Brian's one lead vocal on this album. I think he... Him not he doesn't have a great voice at this point, but I think he has the best voice for lead stuff, which is weird. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and especially later when we get into like pet sounds, of course he does. Yeah. Although there will be people that come and challenge that throne in the late sixties, I would argue. In terms of best lead vocalist. Yeah. In like nineteen sixty eight. We'll see. Our friend the dentist makes a serious run at best Ooh, lead vocalist uh, in the Beach Boys. Mr. When the Beach Boys operated as a democratic unit. Yeah. Alright, so Cuckoo Clock is it's not Just great. Pleasant. It's fine. Yeah. It's the kind of song your parents would be like, meh. It, it's one of the songs where on this album I didn't realize if the song had changed yet. <laughs> yeah. All right, Moondog. This is my favorite. Really? One. Really? Yeah. I guess it couldn't have been the shift. <laughs> yeah. But Moondog is awful. I thought it, there's no singing on it. Well, but there are like dogs howling in the background. Yeah. Okay. That's actually my one note about it. Um, could have done without the howling. This um, could be on, like, if it. you made a Halloween playlist, this could definitely yeah. go on there. Yeah. The I, I did like this background. song, though. I think there's a part of it that I really liked. You mean the dog sound? No, the the Dick Dale part that they, like, definitely ripped off. Yeah. But, like, they're, I mean, they're nowhere near as good of a musician as Dick Dale, but, like, I, oh. I did like what this, this song. What this track makes me think of is, do you know the TV show Dark Shadows from the 1960s? Yeah, I think I'm familiar. The soap opera about a vampire? Yeah. So in that TV show, it's it's really stupid. Um, but every time, like they would do, they would do a lot of dramatic drops in that show where yeah. it was like someone would say something that would reveal that you know they killed someone or whatever, right. and then it would like zoom in on their face and do dramatic music. And every time there was like any reference to someone being killed by a vampire specifically for some reason, they would always like zoom in on their face really dramatically and do a music drop and then have fucking wolves howling in the background. And be like, <laughs> whoa, 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 just like that. It's so goddamn funny, but it sounds yeah. exactly like that. So I thought that's th all I can think of when I listen to moon dog. Yeah. This was my favorite song on this one. Yeah. Like I genuinely, I, I could have done without the howling. If the howling wasn't there, it'd yeah, be, it'd be so a fucking jam. What's weird about them doing the instrumentals on here is that, like... Their whole I mean, thing was doing vocals. Yeah, well, and to be fair, it's, yeah. like, they kind of can't get away without doing an instrumental because instrumentals until the Beach Boys and even after were, like, the key part of surf music. Yeah. Um, well, and especially, you know, music exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I was and saying, so, like, Dick Dale. But know? what's interesting is apparently around their first like two or three records because they sang they were like kind of considered posers by people who actually played surf music yeah around you know the area um so i don't know i kind of found that interesting but that interesting they still did the instrumental and i mean it's yeah it's fine i don't think there's anything special about it though. no but i thought it was it's the best not, song on that like one. there's some well okay say so, i'll give you a second best there's some amazing surf rock instrumentals though, and that is not even in the top. No, 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 50, no, 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 no. But it was the best song on this album. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll give you that. All right. And the last song. Oh, awful, awful song. Okay, so this 
to put in perspective how much I was sick of this album by, you know, the 22nd minute of it, <laughs> it took me like six listens to realize that they weren't singing a car song about the shift. I thought the shift was just another car song. Yeah. And then like today, again, on my like six listen, listen to the album, I finally realized, listened to the lyrics and realized, oh, this is about a woman wearing undergarments. Yeah. Who's the, who's the lead I believe Mike again. Yeah. He sounds really bad. Yeah, that's Mike. So I had to Google shift real quick because I was almost positive a shift was basically a slip. Yeah. Like just another word for a slip. Right. And it is. But they sing about it like this girl's just walking around only wearing a slip, which is sort of fine, except... They're obviously like a teenage band yeah. in 1962, which was any woman actually walking around just wearing essentially underwear. Free the nipple, Peter. In, in 1962. It's really strange. I don't know. I just thought it was a bad song. And it is a bad the song. The weirdest song to close out an album on. Yeah. Like, they, they have s- yeah, stronger Yeah, they should have closed with Moondog, I feel like. I think they should have closed with Moondog or... Uh, or Surfing. Or uh, Little Miss whatever oh yeah that one would have been a good one to close out on i think this was a weird choice the weirdest thing about this song is the only information i could find about it is from these liner notes from this deluxe version where it just says a fashion statement from mike and brian that's literally (laughs) the only information i could find about why the fuck they recorded this song do you want to hear my interpretation of every every (laughs) every song yeah so pj's a musician for all of you who don't know and he's pulling out his branded guitar right now and he's going to play us a little bit of surfing 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 if i could do four part harmony by myself i would here we'll try it surfing 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 that was every, every song on it. <laughs> I get it's the exact same. Like I don't. It's weird because Brian Wilson is by far the best musician of all of them. I think. Yeah. We'll we'll find that out. But um, but he's the bassist, and every single bass line was the same. Well, he focused on the song. About on the what? The songwriting. And to be fair, Carl is not a bad guitar player. No, no, he's no, not no. great. I and mean, it's their first record. But I mean, but, like later on, also Brian's like composing. Are you well, yeah, kidding? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Well, yeah, and they all just stopped playing on the albums as of, like, 1964. Yeah, that's fair. It's all session musicians. Anyway, so, yeah, so that is... uh, That's their first album. That's Surf and Safari. Yeah. The classic. Um, Bad first album. If there was anything else to say about it, we would, but I got to agree with you. Like, even, even in an era where the only... Where albums were purely just vehicles to get more people to buy the single again... Yeah. It's still a really bad album. Yeah. Like, well, and some of those early yeah. Beatles ones are bad too, but they at least, they feel more listenable to me. They are. Just because they're their covers are competent and stuff like that, where the Beach Boys just, it's I, very samey. You're right. All the they, songs bleed no, into Nobody each cared other. about doing albums at this point. Like, it, right. you're right. They were 100% just to buy the singles. Um, and so, you know, nobody cared about how an album flowed at the time, but I feel like even the early Beatles stuff, it flowed really well um or better better than this certainly this made zero sense to me and like i get that nobody was listening to albums 
really well i mean they were listening to albums at the time but not in a way that like they were just putting them on when they had their teenage friends around to stand in the kitchen and drink cokes exactly like no nobody was like sitting down and listening to albums right and i get that like i get that they were just like all right maybe nobody will notice that all of those songs are the same you know like yeah and like it's funny to me that nowadays and I'm not defending Mumford and Sons by any means, but like, please don't. People, people are like, I don't like Mumford and Sons because all of their songs sound the same. Yeah, fucking listen to the Beach Boys. All of their songs are the same. But like, everybody loves the Beach Boys, and Mumford and Sons gets like such a bad rap because of that. Well, to be fair, the Mumford and Sons have had what, like, three albums out. I don't know, four and or five. I think the Beach Boys will take five albums before they start getting good, and then they still have like 15 albums to go. So <laughs> you know. It was a slightly different beast, but I see what you mean. Yeah, like, but I mean, even early on, like, the first four, Beach, five, six Beach Boys albums are all the same song. They're purely, you You really only yeah. need the greatest hits from, yeah, until 1966. And the, I would probably. argue that for the Rolling Stones as well. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they have a lot of stuff that are deep cuts that are very good, but, like, if you're. You don't need it. You don't, you don't need that. Whereas the Beatles, I think everybody should listen to every single Beatles song. Yeah. Especially Revolution Number 9. Nah. Remember when you played that at the concert, Peter? I do. That was a good 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. I have to hit my mic again. Okay. Perfect. I'm done now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I kind of agree. I mean, I, I'm i always going to be much more kind to them, I think, than you are just because you grew up I with just them. simply – well, I, I grew up with them. And I also just simply, I think, have more patience for bad music, of all things, or yeah. at least of bad music of this kind. Like, I can just yeah. shrug and be like, it's fine, if it's not totally offensive, like mm-hmm. Ten Little Indians or fucking Chuggalug. God, Chuggalug Although, again, sucks. that organ solo. The organ um, solo was very, that was the best part County of Fair, I guess, is the best. So, my main <laughs> problem with this album, though, okay. So, if they were considered, like, kind of posers. Yeah. Who was listening to their music? Well, who was listening to their music were, teens. like, it's people. It was probably a lot of people outside of California who were like, oh, man, surfing. Um, probably right, yeah. So, okay. So, Hawaiians. but this, yeah, right. Well, and people on the shore of Peru. Yeah. So, let's of see. Course. Where did my page go for Surf and Safari? So, my main problem with this record, I think a lot of it could be solved if they reordered it a little bit. Yeah. And then it would feel like an album that has one good side as opposed to an album that has, like, two good songs on the entire thing. Yeah. So, they should have let off with Surf and Safari. They should have immediately gone into 409 and then Surfin and then Moondog. Like, just get all your best songs right at the beginning. Like, okay. And not that Surfin's their best song, but it was a big hit. So yeah. throw that at the beginning, too. Surfin's far to lead it off. 409 is definitely not bad and establishes you as, like, we're into the yeah. culture. Throw Moondog in there because that's a pretty good and instrumental. I, and then I think the ballad. Uh, the... Yeah, and then they could do... I would put that either the last song Miss on the side or the, the last song. That's what they should have done. And yeah. then maybe like Chugalug and then Miss America to close out that first side. Chugalug fucking okay. sucks. But with the solo, like that first side, you still wouldn't have liked it, but you would at least would have been like, all right, I can handle this. I and then more interesting. The second yeah. half would have been a, a lot worse just as a whole, but it at least, I don't know. It, the way it's structured now, it truly feels like there's only like two good songs in the entire thing. Yeah. But if they had structured it that way, it would have felt a lot stronger. But not that anyone gave a shit. All right. So that's Surfing Safari. Yeah. So. Are we going to rate these albums? 
We're going to rate them? Are well, we gonna? we're going to rank them eventually. Yeah. I don't know. We could rate them week by week. I'm thinking by the end we can we can rank them. Yeah. I for mean, sure. if we give them a rating now, it might be easier at the end. Oh, true. All right. So out of 10, with 10 being, let's just assume, pet sounds, yeah. what would you rank Surf and Safari at? I did not like it. Knowing that you haven't heard almost any of the other records. And any of their 80s stuff. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I mean, is it a one, though? I wouldn't say it's a one. I didn't, like, abhor it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't think it was a good album. I don't think really any of the songs are great songs. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.52. That is way higher than I thought you were going to give it. <laughs> well, I, I, I will probably change that at some point. Especially because I was considering giving it a two. <laughs> you were considering giving it a two, I guess? I mean, if you go twelve song album with only two good songs, but uh, my my <laughs> thing is, I'm not I'm not doing this on a scale of like, you know, like Sergeant Pepper's. You know, I'm doing this on a Beach Boys scale. On a scale of Pet Sounds, and I know it gets worse before I, it gets better. Yeah, I actually don't know if it will until the '80s again, to be honest with you. But that's also my opinion, see. I don't so. know. So I right now I'm looking at it kind of positively. I mean, as positively right. as I can for how garbage of an album this I'm, was. I'm going to. And that is with, you know, I've heard a lot more of their music, but I think it's a 2 out of 10 record. See, I was going to say... Think it's, I, I just think it's not worth listening to unless you're oh, yeah. I guess, making okay. a podcast about it or you're yeah. a weird completist. If we're, if we're going for that kind of ranking, I guess I would also give it like a 1.5 or a 2. Yeah. Because I what, would, I would how never How are you justifying the 3.52? Because I... I know there's stuff I'm going to d- dislike a lot more than this. Yeah. And I thought that would be for, if we're ranking the albums at the end of this podcast. Yeah. I thought that would be. This would be like the to... fifth worst or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. But it is, it is an unlistenable album. It is really I bad. will. Like, like even you said, you love the Beach Boys and you said like by the end of it, you're just like, all right, I fucking get it. And it's only 22 minutes. Yeah. Like. And 12 songs. And 12 songs. That's outrageous. <laughs> like. It's yeah. just I I would never listen to this on my own. It's unlistenable. No, I think. Yeah, and I don't um, blame you. I don't think I honestly don't think anyone would. Yeah. Unless like you grew up listening to this record and you yeah. had like this vinyl in your house, and then you'd get it now and be like, oh, yeah, this isn't that good. But for nostalgia purposes, yeah. I like having or, it around. Or if you're throwing a surf themed party. <laughs> Even then, you have Even a lot then, of better yeah. options. Make a fucking you, Spotify you, you playlist. Have, you have one vinyl. Yeah, yeah with exists. some Johnny and the Hurricanes. Yeah. Jesus. You know, we appreciate you listening. Of course, all of our listeners out there. So, yeah, yeah. but the next record or the next podcast we're probably going to talk about next episode, probably just going to do 1963. Yeah. Which is Surfing USA, Surfer Girl, and Little Deuce Coop, which I think between them provide, you know, again, three more singles from three albums yeah. and then like 30 more filler <laughs> songs. So, yeah. um, and, you know, Shut Down and 409 again. And I forget there was a third one that's on two records, but yeah, I don't know. So all right, all right. well, cool. um, if you want to get a hold of us, our Twitter handle is at Beach Boys Boys, and PJ will be monitoring that, looking for all of the uh, what are you gonna call it? Huh? Feedback. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you can also email us at <laughs> Beach Boys Boys at Gmail dot com. That's right. It's not um, it's not BBB. It is spelled out Beach Boys Boys. Beach Boys Boys. BBB uh, at gmail.com was taken by by uh, LeVar Ball already. Yeah. 
that's a basketball reference for you. Uh, um, okay. Well, this has been, let's see, let's get some outro music. We're going to go with PJ's favorite song from the record. Mundo. Woo. All right. All right. This has been the Beach Boys Boys. I'm Pete. And I'm PJ. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week as we hit another wave.